So often as men, we face the expectations of others for us to do more, to be more, to earn more, to be more accomplished or more successful. And as we are chasing the expectations that society has placed on us, we will often develop a critical voice inside of us that holds us back, that doesn't help us fulfill our purpose, but inhibits us from following our true calling. So today, I invited my friend, Paul Edwards, back onto the DMD podcast to dive into a conversation, how do we battle our inner critic? Because over the last several months, Paul and I have both been battling our inner critic, and we want to share that process with you. We want to share that to inspire you so that you can push through that inner critic. We're going to talk about how you can deal with your critical voice inside your own head. You can challenge that inner critic and measure your worth, not based on what society says, but based on what you say and the standards and values that you have set out in your life. You're going to learn how to stop yourself from self-judgment based on what you've done in the past. And we're going to help you discover the impact of being surrounded by the right group of people. And of course, understanding the importance of moving out of your comfort zone so that you can grow to be part of a community and to be part of something greater than yourself. Because when you do that and you learn that mistakes are necessary for growth and that your inner critic is just holding you back, when you can recognize those things, you can truly step in to becoming a dad, making a difference. This episode with Paul Edwards and myself, Cam Hall, starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Paul Edwards, my friend, it's good to see you. Welcome back to the Dads Making a Difference podcast. Such a pleasure to be back here with you, my dear friend, uh, how much I appreciate your camaraderie and continued uh, ongoing accountability and support that we've enjoyed for the last, what is it, five years? Five years now we've been- Going on five years, 2018, man, that's gone by in a flash. And we we started a conversation in a, in a hotel room in Toronto that has never stopped. <laughs> that has not stopped. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you for that. Because it's really easy for guys to find themselves in a place where maybe they'll make a connection, have a couple good conversations with someone, and the next thing they know, they're back in isolation, right? And they're Mm -hmm. back dealing with life by themselves, struggling through what to do next. And you Mm -hmm. and I, because of this arrangement that we've had where, yeah, we've missed some Fridays, but this arrangement that we've had has been such an anchor and I think has built, obviously has built our relationship as friends who live thousands of kilometers or miles apart, um, but built our relationship as friends, but also has been an anchor in our week where we can come to a conversation with somebody that we trust and just process through stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I've uh, recently been mentioning you to a mutual friend of ours. That's exactly what I said. I said, there's an opportunity uh, most, if not all, Friday afternoons for me, if I if the need arises, 
to spill my guts for a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I finally get to the end of my own venom, <laughs> you're there to say, okay, I hear all of that. And now here's the perspective you haven't considered. And I think if I were to kick this off with sort of a fast forward to the end of where we, where we don't want to end up, I think, I think that would be a, an appropriate thing. The, the, what I like to try and tell people is that it, it, you will eventually arrive, especially men, you will eventually arrive at a place where yourself is all you have mm -hmm. and you don't want that no. because sooner or later, Right. Any guy who's got a wife and kids knows they if they go away for like a weekend or something, all of a sudden you're you you're like, what what, what do I even do with myself? Yep. It's not like I can go back to being a young and single guy. Yeah. <laughs> and all of my no, friends. Nor are busy. do you want to, right? Nor we don't no. want to go back to those practices. No, no. And so, but we don't want to end up where ourself is all we have, or you know, some guys end up with themselves and money is all they have. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, pleasure is all they have, but they can no longer even experience the pleasure. And so we really want to set ourselves on a trajectory where right up until the day we draw our last breath, we're creating and experiencing meaning and significance and impact and uh, a, a relational, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, give and take. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and there's And there's a way to do that. It's not... It's not a cookie cutter approach, but there is a way to do it. Yeah. To be able to dive into a conversation with this reciprocity where you go back and forth and you're not always the giver, you're not always the taker, not always being told what to do. That doesn't build strong relationships. So there's men listening to this right now. Like, I don't have friends. Like, I don't have close guys that I can connect with. And I'll be honest, this podcast episode, for those of you listening, this came out of a conversation that I had yesterday with Paul, where... Mm -hmm. We were, I was kind of up against it, you know, had had a couple of cancellations this week. And, and you said, well, why don't we dive into our conversation that we've been having for the last three weeks? Because I think it's timely. And I agree with you. And that's why we're doing this today is because if you're listening to this, Paul and I have been navigating something together over the last, I don't want to say the entire five years, but back and forth over the last five years. And it's really battling this idea of the critical voice, this critical mm -hmm. voice inside of us that tells us you need to be more, you need to do more, you need to have more, like have more money, have more success in the eyes of other people. You need to measure mm -hmm. up. You need to man up. You need to all, all these cliches that we see as men that we're punched in the face with all the time. You and I struggle with those. I've struggled mm -hmm. with those. I know in multiple arenas, whether it's a professional arena, whether it's with fight the dad bod, a business that I love and the men in that community whom I love, dad's making a difference, this podcast, but you've also experienced the same, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, my whole life, shame has followed me. Mm -hmm. And if I were to put it into words, as a matter of fact, I know we're going to go into this, but the most recent example is the most poignant and the easiest for me to remember. It, it it almost is involuntary. It mm. feels like something I cannot help but think. I cannot help but focus on or dwell on. And even though I intellectually know that's not true, and even though I experientially have broken free from it in the past, it keeps finding ways sort of like a, 
mutating computer virus, right? If it, if it runs up against a firewall here, it just reroutes to the left or to the right, and then it finds another open door. And there's this constant process that I'm going through of shutting doors and battening hatches and fixing leaks and, and all of that kind of stuff. And that, I think, is one of the things that would be helpful for a lot of men to know, because we keep getting tempted to think that if we just have this circumstance, if we're just more like this guy who's really famous and successful, or if we're, if we have the, you know, the, the, the great physique, you know, when we were talking about that yesterday that we had when we were 35 yeah, which and now we're in our early forties and, <laughs> and, and those days are gone. Right. Yeah. Um, not that we can't be healthy and in great shape and all that, but we can't be 35. Right. Right. And, and we can't be 26 or whatever, whatever age you're looking back at and saying, that's when it was really magic. Yeah. Um, the thing we have to come to grips with is we are ultimately in a battle against a shadow of ourselves that is, that has no, no moral code, uh, except to win. Mm. And it's, and it will use whatever device it can, including lecturing us, our higher selves about our uh how how short we've fallen of where we're supposed to be or where society says we should be and yada yada yada. and uh i think that it was probably three or four weeks ago we were bat batting this one back and forth over the fence and i finally said you know what i'm i i've i've reached a point where i've i'm i'm done with this and i'm yeah I, the next time i hear that voice i'm saying i i'm i'm talking back to it and i'm saying i don't care anymore I, I've I've given you my due diligence long enough, and at the end of it, all I have is more pain, and I don't want it. And so. that's I loved what you said yesterday when you maybe you uh, coined the title for this episode. I said, "Let's let's do a conversation tomorrow on flipping the bird to the critical voice," because that's really <laughs> what it feels like. It's just saying, "I'm done. This is enough." Um, mm -hmm. And and what's next? So. That's what we want to dive into today. So if you're listening to this, we want to dive into not only our own experiences and we want to share a couple of stories or we might get into some things that hopefully you can relate to because this podcast is driven to help you grow. And we want to model what growth looks like and that not everyone has this figured out, right? And so uh, I actually want to ask you a question because you, you mentioned shame a little bit earlier on in the conversation. And so I do have a question here. You and I have both struggled with this, but I want to know how have you personally battled with your inner critic and what strategies have you found effective in overcoming um, that negative, maybe it's negative self-talk, maybe it's doubt, or like you said, shame. Yeah. Yeah. So I can describe the experience. I think that's probably the most authentic way to do it because each guy is going to experience this differently. But for me, it's this unquenchable voice, this in unstoppable sensation that I have once again, usually inadvertently or through ignorance or just by being self-absorbed, upset somebody somewhere and now the whole world is going to come crashing down on me as a result mm. so i've said something or i've done something or i haven't said something or haven't done something and i didn't know that i was doing not doing saying not saying or 
if I'd if I'd stopped to think long enough before I did or said it, then I wouldn't have done or said it the way I did, right? Right. So you get into this 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 this, and it like it's a straitjacket kind of thing. I, I on the one hand, I I I have to account for what I did mm-hmm. because I did it. And on the other hand, I cannot go back and change it. But that doesn't matter because now what's going to happen is the fallout from what I did or what I said. Now, word is going to spread virally across like, you know, you just like it goes from zero to 100 in seconds flat. Right. Um, And there are there are other examples of it. You know, there's stuff like um, I I have trained myself over time now, but I used to um, recall embarrassing stupid things I did when I was younger and I would, you know, I'd, uh, uh, Oh my God. You know, and I, like somebody somewhere, somebody knows about that. Who's just waiting to come out and expose me for it. You know, yeah. Like, thank God I'm not famous. <laughs> thank yep. God I'm not running for office. <laughs> oh man. I, right now I'm, I'm going through that, you know, as I want to push this mission of connecting men and committing men to growth. And then, there's this imposter syndrome that we go through no matter what we're doing, where we might be questioning, are we the ones to do this? And there are mm-hmm. numerous times where I will get feedback from guys who listen to this and it's so overwhelmingly positive. And then it's one comment and it's not even negative. It's just like, just one comment that might just like poke me in a certain way. And I, mm-hmm. I will or have in the past spiraled to the point where I'm sitting here thinking, oh no, if they ever hear or find out about this, they'll never listen to me again, or they won't believe me, or they won't trust me. And then I have to like stop for a moment. And I actually, I'll lean into our conversations, you and I, uh, a conversation Mm -hmm. with a mastermind group I'm part of, the Brothers in Arms. I, I go to my wife and I have a conversation and I've had to have some, you know, interesting conversations with her and say, well, this is what I'm, she's like, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know that it was in your past. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, well it is. And this is what I'm working with. She's like, okay, well, you know, and it doesn't change her outlook on me. And then I realized that, no, it's okay. Because we all struggle. There's no man listening to this right now. Who's perfect. And that's okay. It's okay. Not to be perfect. It's okay. Not to be okay. And I just want you to know, if you're listening to this right now, you're in good company. There's no guest who's ever come on this podcast that you might look up to or you, you've dove into their work after they've come on here. They're not perfect. Everybody struggles no. with this. And I think a strategy that's really helped me in overcoming that negative self-talk is just understanding that everything I go through is for good. Everything I go through is for, has a reason and a purpose to it. And if I'm doubting myself with negative self-talk based on the past, I am not giving my trust and my calling in what's in my future. And I, you know, and I'm grateful yeah. to you for calling me on that too, at times to say, okay, yeah, let it go. Move on. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you know, it, I mean, here, here's the, here's the thing. Cause you, you asked, you know, um, from a strategic and tactical viewpoint, how do you deal with this? And of course you alluded to, um, first of all, you, you, you battle it in numbers. Yeah. You give it the same problem that you would, if you were a, if you were a member of a gang, and you wanted to bully somebody, you take your you take your your gang fellow gang members with you. Right. Bad analogy, but it does serve the point numerically <laughs> yeah. speaking, right? Yeah, yeah. 
because one-on-one you against yourself, you are going to lose. But five on one is a different story. Ten on one, they again got a chance. Right. Even two on one, numbers are slim to none. And um, so there's that. And there's and then there's the other thing that I that I'm training myself to ask better, which is, if I listen to this voice, will this voice, whoever this is, will he lift a finger to help me, in a in a beneficial and uplifting way? And we know the answer to that question. Right. We don't have to ask it, but it's worth rhetorically repeating it to yourself. If I listen to this, so if you're listening to this, in case you're wondering, it's no. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, as I because because that helps you to identify who is speaking here, right? And if you know who's speaking, then you know whether or not to pay attention to it. Hmm. So, um, for for me, it's very much. A, I've even sometimes spoken back to it and said, well, will will you go out there and do these things for me that you're criticizing me for not doing or not being or not achieving? Why don't, why don't you go out there and show me how it's done? He never shows up and does it. Right. Whoever he is, he, he suddenly goes quiet. Mm. Strange. Yeah. I thought you knew all the answers. Show me, show, you know, it's like the Jerry Maguire thing. Show me the money. Show me right. the money. Right. Yeah, yeah. Show me how it's done if you're so good at it yeah he never does right that's true so don't listen to him yeah we're talking yesterday about well you use money as an example and we've both had businesses we have teams we have done these things for the last five years and we've been on this entrepreneurial journey but we're also dads and family men and have you know this relationship with god that's important and so we we're going through all these things but we're being in our industry being told that unless you're making this certain amount of money or have this a certain number of followers or downloads on your podcast, you're not successful. And I want to parallel this to what fathers experience and dads experience. Um, Because as, as fathers, we often have this pressure of measuring up, of following or meeting these expectations of what a good dad should be getting to a certain, you know, maybe it's money, wealth threshold, maybe it's a certain amount of time with your kids, it's worldly adventures, and that's all you put on Instagram, and nobody sees the pain behind the scenes. Like, we have these things we want to measure up with. How have you dealt with this pressure of measuring up? And what advice would you give to other dads who might be struggling with this right now, feeling that they're not doing enough, and they need to do something more? Well, for so one of the ways that I keep having to look at this is 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 by saying that um, you know I, I I'm very much a, a proponent and adherent of the idea that there's only one will and one word in this world that truly is immutable and unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Everything else is up for negotiation. So when you hear like the example you mentioned, the people out there saying, "Well, you have to be." doing this or you have to be achieving that or and if you're not you're somehow less of a man i you know in fairness i don't hear people a lot of gurus saying well you're less of a man no but it's implied right yeah. because yeah. either you have the goods or you don't and so it's very much in a, a a binary sort of thing there you're either a one or a zero and to me uh, I, i've learned to look at that and say okay um 
the problem is I worship a God who has never guaranteed that, um, who, but who is, is sovereign over my life and who has decreed in multiple areas uh, of his word that some people do get elevated to the pinnacle of success and all that. Other people go exactly the opposite direction for his glory, not because he hates him, not because he's punishing him, not because he doesn't care about him, for his glory, which means you can end up anywhere on the spectrum and still be serving the one who truly matters, the one whose will and word are irre immutable, irrefutable, unstoppable. Now, that's that broadens the horizon. That's number one. Number two is you take any example exemplar rather that we've been that's been paraded before us to say this is what real manhood is with money this is what real manhood is with uh, aggression or you know strength and and all that okay fine so what you're telling me is i need to be exactly like this person okay then i need to be i need to wind the clock back and be born into his household to his parents with mm -hmm. his dna with his <laughs> upbringing his education his experiences his relationships all of the momentum and all of the struggles that he had too to get to where he is to look anything like he does. That's not going to happen, cousin. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You're not so, going to anyway. be that person. You're not going to be that person. However, in a healthy dialogue, in a healthy relationship, and in a healthy environment that is set up in such a way that you can speak into other people's lives, that person, if he's part of your group, if he's part of your circle, can speak into your life to encourage you in your own context on how you can find your own success, not measuring up to other people's success, but how you can see your blind spots. I love this practice that we do. It's like, what are your blind spots right now? Like, what, mm -hmm. what aren't you seeing that other people see? And to see maybe even your future in a way that you don't see because you're still measuring your ability and your future based on your past not on where you're yeah. at and so yeah you know you can't look at these people and say i want to be as successful as them i just need to do like i read you see all these books behind me i love to read and i don't read thinking that they're going to give me a roadmap that says step a b c d e f g and i'm going to do all these yeah. things and all of a sudden click i'm successful i like to read them and listen to their story and say wow like okay how does this come into my context, my mm -hmm. experience. Because can I share a, a real quick story with you? Because it goes into the next question because failure can be a difficult and shameful experience for many people. And man, I've, I've experienced some failure. Right. People on the outside won't say that. They'll say, oh, Cam, like, in your professional life, you've been successful and you've done these things or Cam, look at the relationships you've built and this is great. But no one's perfect. And I remember it was three weeks before you and I met for the first time in Toronto, Ontario, where we were going to a mastermind event and we just ended up being roommates because we were both like, well, we can't foot the whole cost for this hotel. Uh, who else needs a roommate? And you and I met. And I, I yeah. used to say it was by chance, but we know now it wasn't by chance because nope. it was by chance five years from that date, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yep. Three weeks before that time, when I met you, I remember sitting in a pop-up tent trailer on the edge of a beautiful lake, camping with my family, 
my young kids and being on the beach and something hit me. And it was this shame and this is doubt because I felt so stuck. I had this thing I wanted to do. I just didn't feel that I was enough. I didn't feel that I was capable enough. I had the skills that were enough. And maybe I was chasing information. I was chasing validation. And that's why I was going to this event in Toronto. However, I got up off the beach and my wife said, where are you going? I just got to go to the trailer. And I walked 20 feet to our trailer in this beautiful environment. And I went inside and I couldn't hold it anymore. And I just broke down and and I wept. And I don't weep, man. Like the last time I wept like that, I can remember on one hand how many times I've, I've wept. And mm-hmm. one is obvious when my mom passed away in 2015. And the last time I can remember other than that was this time sitting in this beautiful campground in the trailer with the beach with my kids. And I just sat there and I felt that I had just failed my family. I had failed myself, that I hadn't measured up, that I was on the spiral downward and I didn't know why. I remember Kim coming into the trailer and just like, oh my God, are you okay? What happened? Like, was it something I said? And I was like, no, it's just, what have I done? Look at the spot I put our family in. I'd invested so much money in getting Fight the Dad Bod started. And at that mm-hmm. point, I wasn't getting any traction. And that's another lesson because it was just like, stick with it. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. stick with itness isn't a word, but you know, at that point, I was ready to just to shut it down. That was it. No traction. I put so much of our family's money into like, getting this thing going. And Kim was there. She gave me a hug. And we worked through it. But that was a shameful experience. I still like, I still get like this pit in my throat and my stomach when I, when I talk about it. And that was three, mo- three weeks before we met. And mm-hmm. I would, I would mm-hmm. have to say that since we've met, there have been failures. But those failures, failures have come out of times when I've been trying something new or taking a risk, something that I'm, I'm pretty risk averse. So taking a risk and then fa- failing at that feels a lot different than just sitting and stewing in it and thinking you're helpless. Yep. There's lots of times in my life I felt helpless. And when you surround yourself with people, good people who can speak into you and kind of snap you out of it, like I'm not. I don't want to go on a ramble here, but you know, there's times where we experience, experience failure. There's time you're going to have shame and it's okay. The yeah. key is finding a way out on the other side, right? It's finding mm-hmm. a way out on the other side. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men. To be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. And I was able to find a way on the other side and fight to that while I became successful, and, and the rest is is a, you know history, as they say, or a story, as they say. But can you share time 
because I don't want this just to be me talking. <laughs> Can you share a time uh, when maybe you've experienced that uh, sense of failure or shame and how did you overcome it? And what encouragement could you give to guys listening right now who might be in the midst of it? Mm. I, I think I had a similar, uh, a similar episode in 2019. So this is af- a while after we met because when we were meeting there in the summer of 18, I was just starting. I had just been yeah. fired from my last job and I was jumping in and I was excited and, you know, in the honeymoon phase of, of entrepreneurship. And believe me that just like a real life honeymoon that does come to an end. Yes, it does. Um, but about a year later, probably I was here in my home office and um, I had read. Th- Can you share time? Cause I don't want this just to be me talking. <laughs> Can you share a time uh, when maybe you've experienced that uh, sense of failure or shame and how did you overcome it? And what encouragement could you give to guys listening right now who might be in the midst of it? Mm. I, I think I had a similar, uh, a similar episode in 2019. So this is af- a while after we met because when we were meeting there in the summer of 18, I was just starting. I had just been yeah. fired from my last job and I was jumping in and I was excited and, you know, in the honeymoon phase of, of entrepreneurship. And believe me that just like a real life honeymoon that does come to an end. Yes, it does. Um, but about a year later, probably I was here in my home office and, um, I had read through this book, which I would recommend, uh, particularly if you're in the kingdom of God, uh, TD Jakes wrote it and it's called crushing. And it's about the whole concept that God crushes those who, whom he prepares, not to kill you, but to, uh, to refine you, to mm. empty out the toxins, which in this case are just, you know, uh, rose colored assumptions and uh, ignorance. Not, it's not, this is not sin. This is not like idolatry or anything like that. It's just like, you're you're dumb and you don't know it type of stuff right <laughs> so i was you know i was getting time was starting to tick down on how much longer i could do this before i was like i got to do the right thing and get a job i've got to make money and uh, i had read this book and then they had a a youtube interview between td jakes and stephen furtick of uh, elevation mm-hmm. and he was interviewing him about the book and he got to this episode where he said um, something to the effect of, um, and for, for those of you who are out there trying, you know what I'm talking about. You know what it's like to go home empty handed. You know what it's like to watch other people succeed while you fail. You know what it's like to care all day about people and give and give and give. And then you, you're up till two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, can't trying to get to sleep, can't, you know, and nothing, nothing's working. And it was just the levee broke for me. And um, he said this 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 interesting thing. He said, "Greatness always needs a friend. Mm. Greatness always needs a soft place for you to land, for you to say, I'm pissed off. It's not working. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything, and it's you know." And he said, "You know," he says to Furtick, he says, "All I ever 
want to be for you as that kind of person because you're and Furtick obviously is leading this church of masses of thousands and thousands of people who's he going to talk to right right who understands what he's the responsibility that he's carrying on his shoulders only somebody who's already been there only somebody who can sit or or somebody who can sit patiently and listen and absorb it so that's again i i hate to we're going to probably beat a dead horse with how many times we tell guys not to do this in isolation yeah but that doesn't mean just go out and find any old joe schmo who's no. you know got nothing to do you have to find the right kind of people to do this with mm -hmm. but it's do or die because if you do it by yourself yeah you will end up saying there is no point to my life yeah it is a contradiction of itself and it and it may as well be over and no wonder men are enormously lopsided in the suicide rate mm -hmm. to, to give an extreme example not everybody kills themselves but you know it's you will reach that point if you if you stay isolated and by yourself yeah encouragement to you if you're listening of course yeah dad's making a difference we have the dad's making a difference mastermind and i'd love to you know if it's a fit for you or you're interested to see if it's a fit for you to you know, reach out, go to dmdmastermind.com, book a call with me. But guys, you don't need to do that. I've joined mastermind groups. They've been a powerful, extremely powerful experience in my life. But if you're even in a city of 1 million, you can be the loneliest that you've ever been. It's mm -hmm. going to take you, the hard part is taking yourself out of your comfort zone and getting a little bit uncomfortable to make some connections, whether it's on an online a healthy online community, whether it's in person, whether it's through um, maybe it's a, a small group or a dad's group, something locally, just get outside your comfort zone. That'd be my encouragement to you. Get a little bit uncomfortable, make some connections. And listen, you're not looking for a best friend that you're going to do the rest of your life with, but you are looking for a connection of someone you can relate to, someone who you can build trust with over time so that you can get into a situation um, I'd say like Paul and I have where you can be in an unfiltered conversation, know it's okay. And that takes time, it takes time to build that trust. But I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to get a little uncomfortable, get outside yourself and uh, start interacting with other men. I once heard somebody give a rather um, cynical characterization of masterminds, the type that we're in. And they say, well, you're just paying for friends. Mm. Well, here's the deal. That's what that's an example of what Cam means when he says get uncomfortable. Right. Because it's obviously not working when you do it for free. Mm -hmm. You know, you meet people and it says, oh, okay, and hi, nice to meet you, and then move on with their lives. If you got to pay people to make time in your life, so be it. Yeah. Right? So be it. That's what I feel like I have to do because it's it's hard to find people that I can relate to. So I pay for it. And then then it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> Here's the thing with that too. I There have been periods in my last couple of years where I've been like, I feel like I'm just paying for friends. And then I thought for a second, but hold up. Every guy in this group is paying to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Every guy. It's not like I'm the only one. Every one yeah. of these guys is investing time, investing money, investing mm -hmm. energy mind space, thought process to speak into my life. That is why yep. we're getting together to speak into each other's life. Everybody comes as a giver and you end up taking more than you would ever expect just when you come as a giver. So yeah, 
You might feel at times, oh, I'm just paying for friends. No, the investment you're making is signifying how significant this is to you and to those other guys. And you want to bring it because you know Mm -hmm. you've paid your dues, but the nine other guys in that Zoom call on that Monday night, they've all paid theirs too. And now you're coming together and speaking into each other's life. And if you're not willing to do that, I challenge you to look at where you are spending that money because you're going to spend it somewhere. And if what you're spending it on is entertainment, beer, whatever, I don't know, right? If that's what you're going to spend it on, don't be surprised if you continue to get the results that you're getting. So anyway, a little bit of, little bit of love right between the eyes there with love, but yeah. And it is through love, right? It's through love and through a lens of experience. In a filter of experience. And I don't want any guy who's listening to this to suffer through the five years prior to the year we met. But even, you know, we met, we've been a part of these groups. I found success in business. I found success personally. I found, I still struggle, right? But Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about success because I think one of the biggest changes has been my perspective of success. How is your perception of success or failure, but let's focus on success, evolved over the years? And what role does maybe some self-compassion play in how you approach challenges and obstacles or setbacks in your journey? Well, one thing I would say right out the gate I've had to do, this may be very very helpful for somebody. Everybody I've told it to is like, wow, you can actually do this? And I'm like, yes. But not not just can I, I have to, I have no choice, right? Um, men uh, are, are a far more rapid response, immediate action, not think about the consequences type of gender than women are, mm-hmm. right? And you'll see this in the difference between how little boys and little girls play. Right. Little girls are much more cautious about not getting hurt. You know, they, they don't get into the high risk stuff and we do. Now, both are necessary. It's not that one is better than the other. It's so they're different. As a result, it's it's something that I like to think I do less of than I did when I was 30 years younger, but I still do it. I still do stupid <laughs> a lot of times, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite ways to, to, to laugh at myself. Let's do stupid, right? Yeah. I still do stupid. Um, and I've also learned not to label it as failure. In fact, mm-hmm. my sons were kind of taken aback by this. I said, I, I made it, I missed an off ramp one day because I was so wrapped up in the thoughts in my own head. I drove right by the freeway exit. And my boys were like, Dad, you missed the exit. And I'm like, that's a win. Mm-hmm. And they said, What do you mean it's a win? I said, Yeah, it's a win. I said, I, I did stupid and I won because now I've realized I've made a mistake. So tomorrow I get. I have to, I realize I can't get wrapped up in my own thoughts. I have to focus on the road and pay attention to where I'm going. So they were kind of, you know, just like, what is this? What's with this guy? This, this crazy old man, you know? Um, But (laughs) here's the thing. If I, if I classify it as a win, the critical voice can't argue with that Hmm. because I'm exercising my autonomy to say, I refuse to, I refuse to treat it any other way. It's a win. Is it what I really wanted to? Of course not. But I, 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 we're not having that discussion because the critical voice isn't going to fix the problem. So I get to do whatever I want. That's This may sound kind of bizarre, but it's how my mind works, right? Yeah. So 
so that so that's that's one little thing I thought it would be helpful there to mention is just begin classifying your failures as wins. Hmm. The only real failure is deciding not to try anymore and and just checking out and saying I'm not even going to bother. But if you're trying, if you're if you're sincere, if you have good motives and you're willing to examine your behavior and and look at it abstractly and say what could I have done differently? How could I have done it differently? Could I maybe use some outside eyes to tell me how I was doing, how I could do it differently? Then that's winning. It's just micro wins, yeah. not macro ones, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I had something for the second half of your question there, but I've forgotten what it was because I'm getting old. So tell me again, what was that? Um, no, I asked how your perception of success had changed over the years and you know what role does self-compassion have in how you approach challenges and setbacks? Yeah. Yeah. So my definition of success has evolved a lot because ultimately, again, I go back to the, the faith I have in the God of Israel, which is that his opinion trumps all other ones. Not that other people's opinions aren't important to me and not that I don't want to do a good job and not that I don't, I would love to win awards and, and make a, you know, a boatload of money and have everybody that's, that's all nice, but it all comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Eternity, on the other hand, I have, this is somebody whose approval I definitely want. And I found this fascinating thing that was staring me in the face the entire time. And it took several times for God to make it clear to me. But when he talks about serving him, hmm. I think we automatically go to religion, right? We got to burn the incense. We got to, you know, wave the smoke around. We got to play the organ. We got to say the stuff, that, you know, the, oh, right. And all that and play the, you know. Yeah. Those are ways of serving him. I'm not knocking them and I'm not disputing them. I'm just saying they're not the only way to serve him. Okay. So we're doing both and not either or here. And so yeah. if you're in ministry, if you're an altar boy, bravo, keep at it. Right. However, this boils down to the, this definition of this Hebrew word that God uses called avodah, which means worship, work, and service, all three in one. So you can worship him. Yes, you can go to church and sing songs. You can read the Bible. You can study. You can also go to your job where you serve humanity. And you can also serve. You can also uh, you know, actually be in the ministry and that kind of thing. And any one of those to him qualifies as worship. Same thing. So when I started to apply this, I said, I'm an overwhelming success because mm. I get up in the morning and I take my kids to school. I've served God by serving his other children. Mm -hmm. I come home and I work on my business and serve my clients. I've served God by serving his other children. I get on a call with you on Fridays and I talk you through a problem. I've served God by serving his other children. Mm -hmm. I am a raging, overwhelming success spiritually. Yeah. I, and, and, and nobody can dispute that. Mm -hmm. There, there, it's an indisputable fact. And, and, and any time accusation surfaces on that, I've learned to say, I am not a lousy husband, father, believer, whatever you want to say, friend. And I'm not any of those things. The devil is a lousy liar. That's who's bad at, 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 at characterizing this, not me. I've got the truth on it. Pardon me for getting upset on, on your good. podcast. I know it's family show. I want to keep it very, very <laughs> prim and proper here, but <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And I think, um, you know, we, we get to this point in the conversation and somebody might be listening to this and like, yeah, so thank, thanks guys for sharing, but what do I do? <laughs> you know, mm, what do I do? Yeah. So what advice would you give to the dads listening right now who might be, you know, struggling still with that self-doubt, that fear of failure? Um, 
I think it's about cultivating resistance, right? Uh, resilience, not resistance. Well, resistance to that feeling, but more cultivating a resilience and self-confidence. Uh, yeah. What advice would you give to the guys who are going through this? Well, I'm going to borrow a, a couple, a little bit of legal terminology here and, and remind you that you cannot be accused of what you've already confessed to. Hmm. So if you've done something wrong, it's okay to own it. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes guys are going to say, well, I've actually done something wrong. Okay. Then own it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I did that. It was wrong. I apologize. I hope you can forgive me. I understand if you can't, but I need you to know that I, that's how I think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to stuff that you're not necessarily being accused by other people, but you are hearing that voice of accusation, it's the same thing. Yeah, I did. I repent. I've walked away from it. I don't do it anymore. Next case. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So deal with the accuser. But now we got to deal with you. And this is the interesting thing. Um, Yeshua, Jesus, had this, had this thing. He said, uh, if you forgive men their sins, your Father in heaven will forgive you. But if you don't forgive them, he won't forgive you either. He never excludes you in that, in that admonition from forgiving yourself. Mm. He doesn't say it's only if you forgive other men. He's saying if you forgive men, and we are men, right? I'm a man, you're a man, and I am a man who has power to withhold or to grant forgiveness to himself. So when I thought about it that way, I'm like, well, if I don't forgive myself, I may still run a I may still run aground on that. I may still, you know, ruin my own chances at being forgiven because I won't forgive myself. Mm -hmm. So I learned to say this. I learned to say, I forgive myself. I, I release myself. I pardon myself. That younger version of me who didn't understand, who overdid it, who, you know, bull rushed at it, who caused a massive relational divide. Um, I forgive that man. I let him go. I dismiss him. I don't want him back. I'm not going. This is not. This is not the same as, oh, come on back in and do whatever you want. No, you, you're staying outside. But I've, I, I, and, and, and again, you have to do this. You don't just do this once, right? You have to do it multiple times until it becomes your inner language. Over and over and over. I'm merciful to myself. Yeah. I'm merciful. I'm merciful because my father in heaven is merciful. Hmm. So, you know, um, that accusing voice is a legalist. So use legal arguments against him. Hmm. I've already confessed to it. Don't accuse me. There's no point to to bring it up. I've already confessed to it. And then I also serve on the judging panel in this case, and I vote to forgive. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I, you know, I think about that and I think about, you know, some of the stories we've shared on this and what has personally stopped me from spiraling out of control again with that shame and that fear of like doubt or self-doubt that oh, I can't do this. And I still, I'm up against this all the time. You know, I'm risk averse and, and you, I'm, you know, this, cause we've had these conversations. I'm, I am face to face right now with a big life choice. You know, mm -hmm. I am, there's a couple of big life choices right now that I'm face to face with. And it's really hard for me to, to step out and take a risk when I have a gut feeling it's the right thing to do. Cause I want to be safe. And when every time I don't make that decision, Two months later, two days later, two weeks later, what have you, I'm like, oh, I should have done it. Should I have done it? I should have just trusted the process instead of just trusted what's safe. So my advice would be this. If you're listening to this, 
I get it. I get where you are. You know, I'm there. I've been there. Um, don't rely on safe. I need to take my own advice here. But also, don't allow yourself to spiral. I think back to that time in that trailer with Kim, and I think about other times from then to now where I've started a spiral, where I've allowed my thoughts to start to take control of my actions in a negative way. And I've learned to put stop gaps in. And for me, I can only speak to my experience. A stop gap is something, if you, if you picture one of those spirals, I don't remember if you ever remember going to a restaurant as a little kid and you throw the penny in the thing and it like zips around this big funnel into the bottom. And it's like, and it's going, you're just watching it. It's going around and around. But the anticipation, you know, it's going to disappear. But just watching the spiral is so entertaining. Our own spirals are entertaining to us. We get sucked into it and we just let it happen. And we need to find a way to put a stop gap, something that's going to interrupt that spinning coin and just make it fall straight down, which when you watch that, I remember watching that coin spinning and then all of a sudden it would like fall over and just go swoop and slide right down. You'd be like, wow, what a disappointment. But in your life, when you're spiraling out of control, having a stop gap that's going to stop you continuing that cycle of back and forth is important. And for yeah. me, Personally, it's taking care of my physical health, taking care of my mental health, connecting with my loved ones, connecting with my friends, and getting into nature. Yeah. Every one of those can be a stopgap. It doesn't have to be in-depth. It could be 30 minutes in nature. It could be a five-minute conversation with a friend. It could be anything. So guys, if you're listening to this, I want to encourage you to start to identify the stopgaps, the things that are going to keep you from spiraling, because we all are going to face change. We're all going to face that self-doubt. The difference is you're not going to let yourself now spiral out of control. You're going to reach out. Man, if you reach out to me, like email me, cam at dmdpodcast.com. Send me a personal email. I'm the only one with access to that email account. You email me, I'll respond to you. Like if you need a stopgap, you need to start to identify those in your life so that you don't spiral and you can move on and start to look ahead to what's possible for you, not what happened to you. Yeah. Much the same. Um, the, the amount of times now that um, I've got these, these guys from wild at heart bootcamp when I went there mm. in 2017, yeah. um, incredible guys and also just regular guys, you know, guys who are, you, you don't know, they're, you don't know they exist, but their names are written in the lamb's book of life. And here's why. In uh, in 2018, I think this was, I think it was the beginning of 18. I went to um, a conference out on the ocean shores here in Washington State, and while I was there, I was battling some shame, and I texted one of them at like 6:30 and 5:30 in the morning. Of course, you know they're on Central Time, so no big deal to them. And uh, they just they they dropped what they were doing and came running with swords drawn. Mm. And when I drove home, I just broke down in overwhelming grief and gratitude because I'm like, I've never had somebody do that for me, you know? And, uh, I was, I was so buoyed by it. Just, to, just the fact that I could tell it to them, right. They didn't right. have to do right. anything. They did, but they didn't have to do anything. They just had to be willing to receive the message right. and, and know how to respond to it. And they do. And I've done that for them, you know, that they've lost count of the amount of times I I've done it for them too and so um the relief that that brings and the the way it shifts you off that 
downward spiral. You know, you, you, you sort of, you're going down the spiral and then there's an off ramp and you, you get off to a safe Harbor and you just sit there for a moment until you can breathe and, and regather yourself. And the more I've done that, the more I've been able to, I set, I, I notify them, but I don't even wait for them to show up. I start mm -hmm. fighting like a bulldog. Yeah. If I, if I'm pressing send on that message, by the time they show up, the matter is usually done. Because number one, that voice knows it can't stand against two of us. Number two, I'm getting strong enough to where the voice knows it can't even stand really against me most of the time. But it's not bad to call in reinforcements. It's never bad to call in reinforcements. That's what you have them for. Exactly. I'm just, I'm trying to give you a little bit of hope here and say, you know, you can get to a point where you have an answer for that voice. Yeah. And when it realizes that you do, it'll stop bothering you. Mm -hmm. So Good at least that's been my experience. So. Yeah. Paul, I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for doing this with me today, having this conversation. And, you know, I would like to do more of these just like conversational type uh, episodes in the future because I think it's real and I think it speaks to where guys are at. But, Paul, thank you for joining me today on such short notice and and being the first repeat guest on the Dad's Making Turns podcast. There we go. I have a first. I finally have a first. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I'm very grateful um, for you, for your friendship, and for um, the heroics that you've shown in the five years I've known you, and the ways that you have um, taken the hits and then risen right back up and kept on fighting. Um, it's not about how hard you hit; it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Right, and so uh, a privilege to be on your show for uh, as the first repeat guest and and for the second time and all that this means to anyone and everyone who's listening, keep it, save it, download it to your phone and play it over and over again until it starts becoming a reality. That's what I did. At, at first, I was just like, I'm just going to listen yeah. to this over and over again. I'm turning off the news. I'm turning off all that other shtick sh because I don't want it. That's not helping me. This is what helps. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, Go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.